Yeah, hi everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Beyond Eight Figures. This is AJ, the journeyman entrepreneur, with another Beyond Eight Figure episode for you. On the show, we talk with top entrepreneurs about the realities of building an eight-figure business, what success really means to them, and hear from them about some of their winning strategies and tactics. Tune in to each episode to learn how to grow your business beyond 10 million, and more importantly, create your own personal legacy. Yeah, everyone. Welcome back to Beyond Eight Figures. Really excited today because we're going to get into something I am horrible at, uh, personal finance, especially in the concepts of what to do as an entrepreneur around our own personal finance. You know, there are many people who are great at saving, and then there are some people who are great at earning it. And I think a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we may be more skilled at making money from our activities than we are from uh, properly saving for the future. So this is going to be a great episode. Today, we have Tyson Koska, the CEO and founder of On Trajectory. OnTrajectory.com is this amazing personal finance modeling planning uh, tool. I've been playing around with it, and it's kind of fun. Um, and this is something we're going to talk about later in the episode with Tyson. But Tyson is a, has this great background. He's a professor. He's an engineer. He's been an analyst. He knows what he's talking about. So definitely, you know, he'll talk in the episode that how he came about this was he couldn't find any products out there that solved his desire to model for his financial future. So as someone who has finance and development and other background capabilities, (laughs) he built the tool. He'll also kind of explain how as a directory has grown, his positioning and his need to kind of reach out and how to help it, especially in the face of such large entrenched competitors with a more focused sort of, you know, a brokerage firm with their tools and all this, how he's had to change some of his behavior. So I think it's going to be interesting listening a little bit to a product led growth CEO talk about his need to go talk to people. Yes, it's very common for people to talk about if you want to build a great product, you got to be talking to your customer. You got to be fully understanding the needs. But he'll also expand upon that a little bit to talk about how it also helps not just understand the customer and the environment, but also raising his profile. So more people are becoming aware of on trajectory, i.e., coming on a podcast. Amazing. Um, reaching new customers and then also reaching new partners. So it's an interesting thing. And then he even goes a little bit further and talks about because of these entrenched large players who are really just trying to pull them into, pull consumers into their own financial systems, um, like the large brokerages and banks, et cetera, he had to kind of focus on making this fun. And as someone who really does like to do financial modeling, Hey, it's fun. It actually is. Yeah. Some of us really do like to look at it. Playing around with on trajectory and looking at my finances was a really interesting and enjoyable experience. And now I use it a little bit more. I'll talk a little bit in the episode about going to use it, but this is recorded afterwards. But hey, let's go back to school with Tyson Koska, the CEO and founder of On Trajectory. Hello, Tyson. How are you today? Hello, AJ. (laughs) I'm doing great. How are you? Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate having you here today. 
Very happy to be here. You know, I was just sharing with the audience a little bit about your background and talking about OnTrajectory and how cool I think the product is and how I'm going to go test it out um, later on. Because as an entrepreneur, I've had issues with my own finances, left, right, and center. And yes, the whole goal of doing this is to make money and to create the things we want. But I've seen so often in conversations with other entrepreneurs that our finances are usually really messed up. <laughs> to keep it like until we keep saying some imaginary point down the road, we'll clean and make everything up. So, I mean, a tool like this, I think is really very cool. I was reading that you kind of started this because you couldn't find the tool, you know, you couldn't find the software you wanted for your own planning, you know, and then you went and now you've been doing this. I also know you're a professor and you do a lot of other very interesting things. Where do you see yourself on your own entrepreneurial journey these days? These days, I'm at the point where, and, and I think any any entrepreneur that's grown a company mm -hmm. of, of any particular size knows this problem. I'm at the point where I'm trying to make myself replaceable, yes. where I can't be the one to, you know, make every decision or or know every every nuance of the business. So I'm I'm at that point where I'm I'm literally as difficult as it is, you know, handing things off and giving things people to do and empowering them to make their own decisions. And and the hardest thing is not questioning their decisions, going, okay, let's just see how this all comes out. So yeah. I'm really at the point where I'm not trying to make myself more important. I'm trying to make myself as, as unimportant as possible uh, in a lot of ways. Okay. So do you see yourself working more? Yeah. That lovely phrase was it don't work in the business, work on the business. That's, yeah, that's, I would say that's definitely where I'm where I'm headed. Um, not quite there yet. Uh, still, I'm still very much in a lot of, uh, of things, but the businesses aren't going to hit the kind of growth that we all sort of dream of as entrepreneurs, uh, unless uh, the CEO does just what you said. Yeah, I, I find it uh, very often. You know, having bounced many times off this kind of roof. Or ceiling, ceiling, ceiling. You can do a lot of things if you're smart and very energetic once you get that kind of initial luck spark, you know, something happening. And then all of a sudden you find you get to this situation where you're like, wow, this is a business, it's working, but I can't just force of will it anymore. I need, I need to add things to it. So, That's right. you know, as you're kind of looking at this, are there things you would like to you would like your own efforts, you know, you said working more on it, but as an entrepreneur, are there things you see yourself, you know, working more on as you go into this transition? Like, I mean, and this, again, this is a natural outgrowth that I'm sure every entrepreneur has, has felt you have to stop engineering so much and start marketing more and start yes. being the face and you have to go out and do podcasts. I mean, that's just <laughs> you have to talk you to people. Do, right? <laughs> you've got to like, yeah, you've got to talk to people. You've got to, uh, because so much of it is, is people it's networking. It's, yeah. I mean, we all know this. I mean, the relationships you make are absolutely key and, and foundational to any successful business. No, I mean, it really is. And especially, you know, when, like I said, I think your, your software is so cool for so many, you know, yes, for, other people than entrepreneurs, but definitely for that and being able to find ways to reach audiences and to communicate in a way that you're not just, let's buy this keyword. Let's put this ad up. <laughs> you know, it's like, yes, you have to do that. But at the end of the day, this gets you deeper into that realm. Well, and for us, honestly, for us, that what you just mentioned is 
is almost not even an, an option because you know we're competing with Pete with Fidelity and Vanguard yeah. and yeah. big tool makers, right? That 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 are in the personal finance space. It's a, it's a very expensive space for a startup to be in, and you just have to do things differently. I mean, it just can't buy keywords that cost way too much. Well, okay. If you're going to bring it up, we're going to dive into a little bit. If you have to do things a little differently, what are some of the things you feel that you're kind of doing to position yourselves against these fun, fun competitors? We'll leave it. Uh, I think fun Mm -hmm. is a great, is a great word to bring into the conversation because so in my opinion, I I know we haven't talked a lot about what the tool actually does, but it's it's a, you know, in in vague terms, it's a personal finance tool. It helps you create not a, not a budget, but it helps you create a 50 year plan into your financial future. And it answers some really interesting questions. Scenario planning, cool. Yeah. Things that are geek out about. Yeah. Stuff that, that traditionally only financial planners did for their customers. And there has been, of course, quote unquote, retirement calculators and, and that sort of software. But those things exist to get you to pick up the phone and, and call the brokerage because they scare you. They're like, oh, you need this number to retire or else you're screwed. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is that that's not true. And you can, you can, you can create a path that doesn't necessarily follow a straight line, but so many tools out there are straight line tools. And that's, you know, that's sort of what we're doing. So we're, we're approaching the market from what do people really need? What do human beings, regular consumers, uh, you know, even entrepreneurs are regular people yeah. and, and we're not all financial planners. We're not all accountants. And so we're, we're approaching the problem from, if a regular person needed to be able to solve a 50-year plan problem, what is the way to make it actually A, doable, but, and I'm bringing that fun word back in, making it a kind of fun thing to do. Like making like, it's not sitting down and, and entering how much did I spend on gas last month? Yeah. It is not doing, you're not, you're not going to do that in my tool. And in fact, if you made me do it, I would walk away. I would never use it. I mean, because, because it's just not fun. So we've had to, we've had to look at this in ways that, um, are rewarding, are engaging, are ways that turn financial planning from, I hate it so much, I'm willing to give up 1% of my portfolio per year, which is the assets under management model. Because that's how much people hate it. They're willing to give a lot of money on the table. Of course, (laughs) the financial industry hides it, right? Because they're just like, oh, you don't pay me anything. I'm just going to, you don't see the, yeah. you don't, like, well, they don't write you a bill yeah. for $30,000. Yeah, it just comes out of your, out of your uh, gains. Uh, but so how do you, how do you bring that, that fun yeah. into the, into the tool and into the conversation? I think that is a huge thing because not surprising, I'm in a relationship where we have different financial structures. Sadly, both of us are MBAs, um, but very <laughs> differently. As I like to say, I did my MBA because I was offered a full ride. Um, well, actually, I had an economics professor in undergrad who thought it'd be really hilarious if I applied for a fellowship that no one had ever applied for. Pre-digital, everything being online, there was a there was a folder of all the things, and it was like, yeah, there's one thing in the back of the thing that they've never told anyone there's a fellowship. So yes, that's why I have it. At your at your you know, undergrad at my undergrad. School. So it was like Oh, that's too funny. It would like, yeah, be really, really funny. And yeah, you would actually like business school. <laughs> it was like okay. Well that's great. That's a great story. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> except for the fact that like <laughs> it was two years of not growing up instead of actually doing anything. Later on the value of Later education on. has helped. 
but still <laughs> it was two years of not growing up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, I love looking at the finances and looking at scenario planning, all that. But yeah, the my partner will just because I don't want her hitting, I don't want her getting too upset. Is yeah, you know, she was very you know, Oh, I am in um, some private whatever you know, elite private banking. Yeah, you know, they call that. And it was like I was looking. I'm like, wait, it's one percent plus all of your funds are like huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you have a lot, but guess what? They don't want they don't want you to look at that. Yeah. Oh, but I can talk to them anytime and they can do anything. <laughs> it's like, yeah, guess what? There's a whole point of that. So yeah, I think that is really cool to kind of play into that, you know, and kind of incorporating that type of fun because yes, it is. It's trying to get both parties in a relationship, you know, and this on board together. That would be definitely very fun. And I don't yeah. just uh, before we move on to the next topic, I don't want to denigrate yeah. what planners and advisors do because they're critical. Um, they you can't expect everyone to know everything. I just I'm not a fan of the a- AUM one percent model. That's what I yeah. Think. And you know I've had you know I think there's also a lot around the four fee yeah the fee based for yeah and then when you talk about the human planning and different it's the fee based planner versus sort of the commission based. Lo and behold, one costs you a little bit more upfront, but then you tend, yeah, statistically, you get a better result long run. So it's like, I wonder why. As you've been doing this, as you're kind of creating this and you're trying to position yourself against the larger players, what do you think has helped you the most in this process? I would say a little bit is that I started the company with no prior baggage. I'm not a financial, I'm a software yeah. engineer, was a software engineer for 25 years. I didn't ever, I never used any of the big uh, financial tools that planners use, eMoney, Advisor, Money Guide Pro, Right Capital. I never used any of those tools. So I came at the problem from a completely novice perspective. I was like, what do, what, how would, if I wanted to make a 50 year projection, what do I need to know? Well, I need to know income streams, mm-hmm. spouse's income streams. I need to know that she, she's pregnant right now. She's gonna be taking off work uh, next year and there's gonna be a gap for two years. So how do I model a gap in? And how do I, how do I say, well, I, I you know, I've got one college savings plan now, but I'm going to need another one in three years or, you know, whenever. And I I approached the problem from, well, how, how would a regular person go about doing it? Ironically, after I I put the software out there and I went and looked at how other tools are doing, I'm like, wow, that is so weird how they saw, we all solved the same problem, but they solved it in a way that was rooted in history. And so I didn't have that expectation. I, I wasn't iterating on, on the way that other software yeah. uh, approached the you problem. You were solving your problem and then kind of working out. I mean, it's kind of, I remember very briefly how cool Mint was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then all yeah. of a sudden it got bought and it was like, what what just happened here? Yeah, it was so innovative and it was so fun. Yeah. Right? It was, uh, and, and what I really, you know, what I was wanting was a, a Mint that would look out 50 years mm-hmm. instead of looking out three months or whatever, it yeah. six months. Yeah, because it is a yeah. We won't mention that bane of other of so many people's lives. The company that bought it, you know, when it comes to finances. Uh, um, mm-hmm. But no, that is really very cool. But by not kind of knowing, you knew software. You know, had that background. Yes. You had that. You know, I always say it's like you do something for to scratch your own itch. But then there comes a point where you have to kind of 
transition. How did that transition happen for you? So it was really interesting. So my my two partners, the, the way that I got started on the business was that I literally my my wife came in and said, oh, "Honey, we're having a second child." And I was like, "That's great." And then I thought, "Man, we're going to need a bigger house. We're going to need to I want to move out to the burbs. We're going to need a second car." Like all these yes. <laughs> all these uh, financial Im- implications started piling up. And I was and I and I thought, "You know what? I'm tired of waiting for someone to build the software that I want. I'm just going to start building it on my own. And I, and I prototyped it out. I was at the time I was going to New York every single week. So I was spending a lot of time on the train and I built this prototype and, and it, it gave me joy to play, like to pull little switches and levers yeah. and, and see how the projection would change make, make, based on small decisions, which I, I found really fascinating. And I went to two other programmer friends of mine. I was like, guys, we got to make this, like this software because look how, look how fun this is. Like, yeah. Hey, th- if I just bump up my 401k X amount, look in 30 years, I see this, but I, but it also takes into account the fact that, you know, you're going on vacation or taking a year off or you're doing whatever. And it mixes it all together instantly in your hands. And they're like, oh, Ty, that's got to exist. And I said, well, if it exists, great, go find it for me because I've been, I've been looking for it. And they came back and, and then we decided to, to do this thing. So your question was, at what point was it no longer my ideas yeah. or what I wanted? When did we have to usually have to start listening to the community? It happened pretty quickly because I, again, I, I was not, not a financial planner. I was not really that deep into the whole personal finance space. I just thought, well, these are really rough numbers and I want to see what what these changes do over the long term. Well, it attracted a lot of people that were just really nerdy. Have you heard of the FIRE community? <laughs> Fat FIRE. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Our FIRE. Right, great. Yeah. So, and R yeah, slash yeah. FIRE. Fat Coast FIRE, fire yeah. Barista FIRE, Lean yes. FIRE. Right. I follow uh, Fat so, FIRE. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so these these folks were like, oh, this is great, but it would be even better if you did this and did that. And I, I quickly, I quickly personally, I was like, this is solving my problems. I'm good. But then the community was like, oh, you got to do this, you got to do that. And I was like, you know what? Maybe, maybe we do. Maybe you do need to do that. Now, of course, you don't, you, you don't want to respond to every, every single customer request. Sometimes the requests resonate, but sometimes they, they just reach a critical mass where you're like, so many people are asking for this. So part of what happened was it, I, I, I personally ran out of ideas and I, we would, we would do an annual survey. We're like, Hey, we're, we're setting our roadmap up for yeah. next year. What do you guys want? And they would all vote. We'd, 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 we'd put uh, five or six things on the list that we knew we, we thought we wanted to do. And they could either vote on those or enter, enter um, other suggestions. And then we would tally them all up and say, okay, community, here's our list for the next year. And, you know, that was, that was what happened. That's how we <laughs> And that is so cool. And that it, and I take it you got tracked you got traction in the people voting and you were able to get something that you felt coherent enough to kind of keep going off of. That is cool. Yes. And, and, and those felt, those folks felt really invested when they saw the thing that they were asking for actually come to be. And, and then we started getting stories about, you know, how, how the software like literally changed their lives. I mean, talk about from an entrepreneurial perspective, that, that puts, that fills your gas tank up for, you know, weeks and weeks. Yeah. I mean, I've done, services firms, you know, throughout my history, but like the first time you hear someone talking about you in without realizing that you're listening and they're saying good stuff and it's like, oh my God, that's amazing. And to hear someone talk about your software must be like, wait, they, yeah. they, 
download it. They signed up. They what? <laughs> they they jumped through those hoops, all that amazing yeah. thing, and they did it. And they're talking positively about it. Yeah, that that must have been. Of cool. course, the flip side is also true. Yes, right. You see a <laughs> you see a rude comment on the internet, and you're like, can't sleep for three nights. Like, how could they say that about my software? I mean, yes. I mean, but to a certain degree, I feel like. And I don't know your, but I know with mine, I had already thought, except for some of the really stupid negative comments that I've heard about, you know, things that my team or, you know, we've done, but like 99% of the time, if it's anything about the actual structure work, whatever, I'd already like, oh my God, this isn't as good enough. It's this and that, you know, I've already beaten myself up because it's like, you know, the typical entrepreneur trying to be higher, but yeah, listening to it. So now, now that you have kind of gone that, are you still using this type of guidance in you know, this, you know, annual sort of vote for your future? What's, how's the community kind of going around this now? Uh, it's interesting because I, so no, we're not currently, we may in, in the future do that again. Uh, but what has happened was it, it, the tool, because we listened and because we built, we were building, building, building. I have a very engineering yes. kind of approach to the business. I'm really not that, I really was not very good at marketing and doing the growth stuff. But because we did that for so many years, the tool is just jam-packed with features and functions. So now we're actually in the process of stripping things out and making a version that can appeal to a wider demographic. And then also figuring out ways to take people on a personal journey in their financial life to make them more literate, to help them understand how these pieces fit together so that people can start on their journey at a very basic level and then end up someplace else. So that's what we're really focusing on is actually losing some things and creating that bridge to the Simpler. into the more mature financial. It's world. funny because um, I'm an LP in a couple of um, what I call baby SaaS angel funds, and I'm an advisor to a couple. And that's been a huge theme, even on you know, the B2B. I know you are B2C, but it's like simplifying the onboarding and simplifying the user experience. You know, There's been this you know, keeping it simple and then pulling things back for later. You increase your lifetime value, this consistent, I've been, yeah. Literally just had this conversation yesterday with a security workflow SaaS that works with huge enterprises. And it was like, yes, we gotta simplify the it's like it is amazing how you know that works because you want to create the features your customers ask for, but too much, too little, the simpler you get, as long as it's not too simple, i.e. the magic you go through. Yeah, and you know, and no one should ever underestimate how hard it is to be simple. Well, I always, I always reference the Mark Twain uh, telegram, 5,000 words, easy, 500 hard. You know, it's yeah. like, it's, yeah. you want a 500 word article? No, sorry. 5,000 words can do tomorrow for you, but 500 <laughs> words, yeah, no, 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 not going to happen. I actually hadn't heard that one. That, uh, yeah. I, I, I feel that. I massacred yeah. the, you know, I paraphrase whatever, but the, there's a story where his editor asked for something and he's like, I can give you 5,000 words. 500 <laughs> is too much work. Um, yeah. But Well, there's a story about James Joyce yeah. uh, that his, I don't know if agent is the right word, but publisher mm -hmm. or someone. And they said, uh, you know, how did the writing go today? He's like, I wrote eight words. And the publisher said, 
Well, that's really good for you. Eight words. Great. And Joy said, yeah, but I don't know what order they go in. <laughs> and having read some James Joyce, yes, I don't think he's... <laughs> oh, yeah. There are these words. They have meaning. Mm. Yeah. And it can get out there. <laughs> but okay, to kind of jump back into this, how should someone who's looking to kind of have a more enjoyable, more engaged way of thinking about their finances and planning out. How should someone, you know, an entrepreneur coming on from the show, what's the best way to kind of engage and what's, how should they expect? Because I know sometimes I go in and I have to, you know, connect all my accounts and, oh my God, the you know, Citibank has some insane business thing that will never connect with anyone ever on the planet. Mm-hmm. This plaid connection doesn't work. Oh, I have crypto. Sorry. One over, you know, you can't come talk to us. You know, mm-hmm. what is kind of what, what should someone expect the flow to be like to engage with on trajectory? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you heard me say a, a moment ago that we're really happy and wanting to have people that don't necessarily have all the maturity. So in our tool, if you want to connect uh, an account, mm-hmm. you can. But if you have a, a crypto account that has no connections, yeah. uh, we, we have space for that. We have space for things that are other. Yeah. So there's, there's always an other. And um, what I always tell people, I'm sure you've heard this in, in lots of different flavors, is start broad. Use broad strokes. Get the big pieces down. Understand I've got basically this much and I don't need to, or, or my budget is, so we, even, we don't even ask you your expenses, for example. Nice. We ask you how much income do you have? And we ask you, what have you managed to save so far? This is how you onboard. Yeah. It's really simple onboarding. Um, a lot of these tools, they ask you a million questions. Yes. How much do you make? How much have you saved so far? And then instead of asking about your spending, we ask you one simple question. How much on average do you manage to save in a month? Now, people know what they make. They know about how much they have in the bank. And if they're actually putting something away each month, they know what that number is. I'm contributing my 401k yeah. or I'm, I'm socking away. Well, guess what? You've are, now I know your expenses because you're spending everything else, right? So I know your expenses. I can fill that in for you. I can make some future assumptions about when you get older, how your expenses might change. Like, we try to make it as easy as possible because we want people to see the big picture. And then when they go, oh, you know what? Now I want to add this account in because- I want to. I want to break it off from the hole, and I want to. I want to. I want to concentrate on it because I want to put some employer match in there or something like that, or I want to break this income stream off because, again, because maybe I want to take off a year, and so it's. I need a gap. I need to put a gap in there. So it's. It's all about iterating and refining, iterating and refining, and I mean that's true in my opinion yeah. about a lot of things in life. You know, start broad, and then you know, don't try to solve every problem up front because. You're going to get exhausted and you're maybe going to give up. I call it, del- you know, when it comes to entrepreneurism, it's just like, you know, utilizing deliberate practice. It's sort of like, okay, what are you trying to do? What are the goals? And then iterate, you know, incremental progress, directionally correct. Yes. That's yep. again and again. Like, okay, today was really bad, but guess what? <laughs> I was able to save <laughs> a penny <laughs> and something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and and what you just said is also important. It's that flex, that notion of flexibility, which is why I, I, I'm personally not a huge fan of budgeting apps because, um, and some of them, 
actually do the flexible part pretty well. Uh, but uh, you know what? I don't. I actually don't want to know how much I spend eating out or how much I spend <laughs> each month. I'd rather just say, "All right, here I want. To, I want to stay under this umbrella. Yeah. Let me figure out how to stay under that umbrella over time." Yeah, I think that's a good thing. But as someone who's moved from New York City to like Southern Spain. I do have to say, it's like, oh yeah, <laughs> it was probably a really good thing for my, it's amazing how much my savings increased after that move in <laughs> um, that experience. Okay. So someone comes in, they kind of get into it. So let's maybe jump to like your super users, like the, you know, the customers you guys think are like rocking it. When does that happen? And you know, what type of experience or what have they put in to get to that experience, do you think, for using Entrepreneur? I think it comes down to having having a notion of, oh, this they get me, right? They they understand mm-hmm. me. They understand the problems that I'm trying to solve. I know I, I, I said a moment ago, not everybody's a CPA, yeah. but this was a CPA from California who wrote me in because she said, I I was so thrilled to find you. I finally found software that operates like I think it like as a person I think it should yeah. operate and I think that there's there's some click that happens with some people and that and the software it it meets ex- expectations and and I think it's even better what good software should do is actually meet your expectations but also lead you someplace new into new possibilities yes. uh, and and new ways to visualize your future which they're all hard because guess what? We're all different people, but at the, at the in the end, we're all visual creatures. So we, we depend a lot on that, visualizing how all these numbers, how do we draw a complete picture of your life? Which uh, once you try out the software, you're going to realize, oh my gosh, more than almost half of the screen is just taken up with this gigantic visualization. Well, you know, what, I, what I'm really enjoying is, you know, you have reference that you came from a developer background and all this, but yet- What's nice is you haven't really hit on it yet. It's obvious as someone who's been in the business for a while, you know what you're talking about in the development cycle because you're not talking about the development stuff. You're talking about what happens after good code, you know, after good code happens. So it's like it's kind of fun, you know, seeing that in this. What's something you think though that like either regret you've had in growing or maybe a mistake you made in kind of this growth here? that you think other entrepreneurs could learn, take a lesson from? Yeah. So I would say, you know, we, we've all heard this phrase that an entrepreneur cannot depend on the phrase, if you build it, they will come. Yes. We all know that that's not true. You, could be, you can build something great, but unless word gets out, unless, uh, you know, you've got some way to, to show yourself off in the marketplace, uh, you're not going to have success. And I just was so obstinate. I just kept my head down, my partners and I, coding, iterating, making a better product, making a better product. And, you know, we we did marketing, but we did it reluctantly. We didn't we didn't really spend money on it. We should have. Yeah. Uh we, you know, we we would we would dip our toe into it and then it wouldn't immediately work. So we'd say, okay, it doesn't work. We're, we're going to, we're just going to keep adding features. And now we find ourselves and, and maybe this is good, maybe this is bad, but we now find ourselves in a situation where we're actually removing features and functions so that we can bring people on that journey. So it probably would have been a better idea to probably should have just hired someone to do the marketing and, and gotten, gotten out there. Uh, but, we're 
we were a little bit conservative in that way. Yeah. Um, but here's what I will say to those entrepreneurs that are out there that really have an engineering bent and really are working hard to solve a problem that either they perceive or that they have personally. For us, it worked out. It just took a little longer than it probably needed to. No, and it's funny because I, in talking with other, you know, SaaS owners, it is very much that, especially from the product led side, um, you know, founders, product led founders, it is a common thing because, yeah, as a marketer, you know, it seems, you know, I've spent a gazillion years, you know, since I've switched over from a developer into a marketer, but it's like, it makes logical sense. But then when you kind of take that step back, you're like, yeah, but we use different vocabulary and yeah, we do something a little bit different. And it's like, oh yeah, that doesn't make you know, inherent sense. Product, you know, product is about utilization and flow and all those, you know, really nice, juicy things. While marketing is, you know, engagement, push, pull. Yeah. It becomes slightly different. And it's a common thing for a lot of product led to delay on marketing or not find that right marketing mix at first. So I'm glad you did get there. It's uh, again, another iterative process. <laughs> iterative, iterative, iterative. Well, very cool. No, I mean, that's, that's the whole thing. Well, okay. With on trajectory moving forward, have you given much thought to what success will be for you as an entrepreneur, you know, compared mm -hmm. to what success is for on trajectory? Like how does that differ yeah. and where do you see it going? So it, I approached the problem the problem that On Trajectory solves, and you mentioned it earlier, it was because it was a thorn in my yes. side. I wanted, I personally wanted software to, to answer a particular question for me. And that question was, at what date, on what date can I quit my day job <laughs> and move to Malaga? Yes. <laughs> Show me that date. Show me on the screen. Because once I see it on the screen, then... Everything else come, becomes kind of easier. It's a it's a peace of mind thing. It was all it's always been a peace of mind thing. I wanted to get the numbers out of my head. I wanted to get them down. I wanted to see where I was going. And once I saw that path, then when I go and I want to have a four dollar latte, I can have it. It's yeah. not a big deal because I know I know what's going on. It, it's it, it's that peace of mind thing. So for me, success is a continuation of that. Knowing that I'm I don't need to be the biggest entrepreneur. I don't need to have uh, headlines uh, at, at all. But what I do need is peace of mind for me and my family. And I, as long as I'm enjoying myself, I, that's, I mean, I, it sounds so cliche. I almost hate to say it, but as long as I'm enjoying myself mm -hmm. and I'm, and I'm solving real problems for me and, and, and for other people, that, that is a win. That is a huge win for me because I can't imagine anything better than like, creating peace of mind in a community of people. I mean, how awesome is that? No, I mean, I have to say as someone who I remember struggling when I was younger and like losing sleep over money and all this stuff, you know, anything that would facilitate the reduction of that stress, you know, of living paycheck to paycheck and understanding what this means in the long run, you know, that is huge. That is that's so much benefit you're giving back into that. I mean, it's you know, peace of mind or at least reducing of stress is huge, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And even it's interesting because even if the news is bad, even if you're telling someone you are on a bad path, well, okay, I 
didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to get over, and I got to get right the, the five different phases. Right now I'm going to emotionally get over the fact, but then they can start doing something about it because up until then they were going to be in a worse situation until they realized you know something was amiss, and mm-hmm. you you can't fix something you don't know is broke. So you know even even when I am the bearer of bad news, I still don't feel that that bad about it because you give people the opportunity to change their ways. Yeah, and that's. That's always a hard thing because most people, I don't want to know. And then it's like, oh, okay, it actually is good. I knew. <laughs> well, I'm other than going to entrejectory.com, you know, what other ways can people come check out the software, check, you know, talk, engage with you? What, how should they come? Right. So I'm easy to engage with. I mean, my name, Tyson Casca, is pretty rare. So if you look me up on LinkedIn, we can hook up immediately. Uh, if you want to email me directly, it's ty at ontrajectory.com. If you want to try out the software, it's ontrajectory.com. No credit card or anything. You just sign up. Uh, and we have a very active uh, help desk. So if you're like, I'm confused how to do this, you, we have a little tool inside and and uh, you can even say, hey, I want to talk to Ty and then I'll reach out to you that way as well. So uh, a pretty accessible guy. Very cool. Yeah. And we'll make sure we put this all in the show notes in the newsletter when the episode comes out and we'll put it on our socials. So now Tyson, thank you so much for coming on the show. This is, I really, really enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to playing with this um, later on because <laughs> I have some crazy spreadsheets that it would be nice to simplify my Google, my 20 Google <laughs> sheets, um, trying mm-hmm. to track everything or at least mm-hmm. get a better direction. So thank you. This episode of Beyond Eight Figures is over, but your journey as an entrepreneur continues. So if we can help you with anything, please just let us know. And if you like this episode, please share it with someone who might learn from it. Until next time, keep growing and find the joy in your journey. This is AJ, and I'll be talking to you soon. Bye-bye.